0: Hello and welcome to an ECFR podcast. My name is Katerina Bertel and joining me today from Berlin are Angela Stanzel, ECFR Policy Fellow for the Asia and China Programme and François Goudemont, ECFR's Director of the Asia and China Programme. Today we will be speaking about our essay collection, How do Asians see their future? Angela, could you tell us a bit about the different essays, who are the authors and what are the
1: topics? We had this trip to Tokyo last year where we wanted to examine China's rise and how agents respond to that and we talked to more than 50 agents about um, this topic, China's rise in terms of economic rise but also China's foreign and security policy. And then um, we asked some of the participants uh, to write an essay about one of those topics. And this is how we came about this essay collection, which we then called How to Age and See the Future. Um, So we are touching um, topics such as history. The, in general, the Asian order has anything changed in, in the Asian order, um, since China's rise. And the idea was, since our trip was also in Japan and focused mainly on Japan's voices to have for each topic one Japanese author and then another author, um, from another Asian country. So we have, for example, a Japanese author and an Indian uh, a Japanese author and a Korean and so on and so forth. Um, it goes through economic, um, interdependencies, for example, to security. And then finally, very explicitly, it also talks about China's rise as such. Um, so this, I think, yeah, is, is probably, um, the best way to describe, um, the, um, what the essay collection is about and uh, how we came to publish it.
0: François, in the introduction of the publication, you mentioned that environment in Southeast Asia has changed. President Xi Jinping was previously talking about cooperation and shared interests. Now he talks about cooperation in the context of the Chinese dream. Why has this change occurred?
2: Well, it's very clear that China has moved from being a, a... a marginal partner and then to some extent an outside uh, partner in most organizations in uh, Southeast Asia or in East Asia generally, to being the key participants and the key influence. Uh, It's also very clear that China's power has been rising uh, for the past 30 years and including militarily. And uh, what we're now seeing is uh, an Asia that uh, asserts itself at the center of the region Uh, it has ways of describing it which can be at times soft-spoken and benevolent I mean it uses the uh, win-win vocabulary that the US used 20 years ago Uh, it President Xi has spoken recently of the Asian dream. Now, it's not only a China dream, it's an Asia dream. Uh, but nonetheless, it's very clear that China uh, sees itself at the center of the region. The words sphere of influence are not uh, pronounced officially, but they're probably there informally.
0: How do you think the neighboring countries perceive the growing dominance of China? Do they feel threatened?
1: Well, yes, I think so by now. Um, They have, on the one hand, of course, benefited very much of China's economic rise, but aligned with that came also China's um, military rise. And since Xi Jinping came into power, he has um, pursued a more assertive foreign policy And coupled with um, China's military strengths and the um, economic um, influence it has, I think it's quite obvious that um, especially the smaller neighbours feel threatened by that.
0: How could China improve relations with its neighbours?
2: Well, even now, this essay collection shows there are two sides to the same coin. China frightens to some extent and... Most of China's neighbors are hedging about the future, but China attracts, it has a pool. The pool is of course largely economic, it's largely about the China market. Uh, It's largely and increasingly about China's investment aid, uh, capacity to build infrastructures as well. So the real question is uh, which side of the coin is going to predominate in the future? Uh, Or are we going to be uh, subject to what some in East Asia, particularly President Park Chung-hee of Korea, calls the uh, uh, Asian security paradox, that we need China uh, for our prosperity and we fear China for our security. Neighbors are torn between those two trends.
0: What is the EU's role? Is the EU losing influence in the region
1: yeah i think the question would be how much influence did the eu ever really had in asia um i think um obviously for the eu the most uh, interesting part in asia was um economically driven um the relations are very good economically 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 speaking um the developments I think in Asia have on the other hand outrun the European Union's policies in Asia, which means um foreign policy became more important, security policy is more important, and the European Union has not found a unified policy or strategy even um to respond to to yeah probably a changing order due to China's rise. Um so I, I think um this is probably
0: an urgent issue um, for the EU to tackle. François, how do you think the EU should maybe change its approach?
2: This is really a major problem for the EU, which has seen its relationship with Asia as basically commercial. Uh, We have a lot of uh, interrelations and we need Asia both as a customer and a supplier. And then the EU has had a scheme where its soft power, its influence, uh, some would say its model, uh, its capacity to encourage and broker compromises of our conflict, its accent on legal rule uh, would be a useful influence over Asia. Asia is turning out to be a much more simple uh, uh, and, 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 and traditional Actor, where geopolitics play a considerable role, where international law certainly is called on by some, but doesn't seem to be very useful in resolving most conflicts, uh, where uh, the US keeps a lot of leverage because of its hard power and its capacity to balance China, but that's of course not the case with the EU. We have got to find our path and For this, we need to do several things. We need to be able to entertain relations with the democratic nations in Asia uh, and to encourage similar goals, similar views, which means getting over the fascination with China, even if China is still a very important partner. We need to encourage a security uh, future uh, where there are not too many conflicts, because that is very bad for our economic well-being. We depend increasingly on Asia, and that means being a security provider. But since we cannot deploy aircraft carriers, that means weapon systems uh, and security assurances, uh, which is not so easy Uh, to ensure, you know, you can give them, but uh, to actually implement them is a bit harder. Uh, And we need to keep our avenues open to each party, including to China, of course, hoping for the best, but preparing also for one of the scenarios that is outlined at the beginning of this essay collection, which is a possibility uh that conflict endures and that asia does not go the way europe went after world war ii
0: you can find more information on the topic and a link to the publication on our website at ecfr.eu publications